So George, one of the biggest TV releases of the week, if not the month, if not the year, was wow. the prequel slash reboot of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. We both watched the first episode this week. I want to say that communally, the audience and the internet are still a little bit scarred. Yes. I would say that the wound is not yet healed over. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still, I looked at the trailer and I'm still a little bit like, mm. I watched it, you know what I mean? But like, it's fair to say it's still fresh in my memory. It's got a lot of work to do. It's got a lot lot of work to do. You know what was interesting is that uh, my girlfriend said to me, oh, Game of Thrones, a new series. You know, I only ever watched four seasons. And I was like, oh, you've got like some really good seasons left of Game of Thrones. Mm. And it's actually almost worth you watching it through to see the biggest show ever like fall, really flop fall, landing. Fall on his face. It's yeah. actually something quite interesting about yeah. how it like didn't land yeah. from such a height. Here comes the big plane. Here comes the, oh my God, the landing yeah. is broken. It's like and, actually yeah. worth as a conversation piece for you to just experience that yes. for yourself. And you now know that it's such a disappointment. But anyway, this is different. This is House of the Dragon. And it's set something like two, 300 years before the no, events. It's, of, set, it's set 172 years before. 172 years before. As the opening text to say, James. Thank you very much, George. Set 172 years before the events of Game of Thrones. It does quite a good job to sort of put in context this is before the fall of the Mad King or the yes. start of the yeah. Baratheon rule of the... And what we have is uh, the Targaryen reign on the throne. Yeah. And it sort of uh, presents you this very opulent, very overindulgent rule of the Targaryens. And I'm going to assume there's somewhat of a base level knowledge of Game of Thrones yes. here. I'll do my best to sort of to sort of catch you up. But uh, the Targaryens are this royal bloodline who are dragon riders. And there's this... Uh, famous saying, I think it's in the books, it might have been said in the episode, which is, uh, every time a Targaryen is born, the gods flip a coin. And it means that some of them are just completely mad and some mm. of them are sort of quite quite noble. And there's this uh, constant, uh, uh, constant history which is foretold in the Game of Thrones series about the madness of the Targaryens and the Mad King mm. and the reign of what was before and the chaos. And it was something like however many hundreds of years of Targaryen rule before like Robert's mm. Rebellion and all of that to do with Tywin Lannister. But this takes place about 172 years before. <clears throat> and the Targaryens are distinguished with these like blonde, elf like, like blonde hair. Blonde hair. Yeah. And they and the, their relationship with the dragons is like this power they've re- un- unleashed, but they can't con- almost control. It's like this nuclear option they, they have. Yeah. And so you've got this uh, character called Viserys Targaryen, who is currently on the throne, played by Paddy Considine. And already in the first sort of. Uh, episode you see these different factions forming within the targaryen house and he is desperate to uh for for his for his wife to give birth to a son for obvious like you know classic medieval reasons he needs a son to succeed the throne he does have a daughter uh called rhaenyra who um is it could very much be in line for the throne but i think like tradition dictates that a woman would never sort of succeed the, the iron throne and the iron throne is like the famous throne made from thousands of swords that sort of actually cuts you as you sit on yeah, it the world's most uncomfortable chair it looks awful yeah and um on the other hand, you've got uh, Viserys' brother Damon, played by Matt Smith. And Matt Smith is doing what we know Matt Smith is so good at mm. doing, sort of royal, slightly posh, brooding. Mm. And he is sort of this uh, garish uncle brother figure, kind of like a scar in the Lion King, mm. who is sort of sidelined, given his own little militia group of City Watch. Yeah. And he sort of, you get the sense that he's a little bit on the wild side and he's been given this like separate thing to do, which is shouldn't be too consequential, but they've sort of given him a job mm. that's slightly out the way. And as already, you can tell that uh, he is sort of playing this evil plotting, mm. I want to get uh, onto the Iron Throne. Um, 
And yeah, I think in terms of how much I want to say about the themes of the episode, it's very familiar Game of Thrones territory. I think like what I would say stuck out to me in terms of thematics is the role that women play in mm -hmm. this universe. And that's always been a very strong theme in Game mm -hmm. of Thrones. I think one of the things that stood out most over that series is the contrast of where women start in Game of Thrones series and how they end up. I think that was one of like the biggest turns of that. Mm -hmm. But George, we've had one episode. Yes. Your first impressions of, of, of this show so far. Well, it's funny because whenever we talked about it before, I've always said to you, I don't, I don't really want to watch it. You said that people have been burnt from the previous series, yes. right? And I, I was definitely that person. I, I said to you, I don't really want to jump back into bed with Game of Thrones right now. I've had that. I want to move on and, you know, flourish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were doing the show and we thought we'd watch it together. And, sorry, we didn't watch it together. No. We thought yeah. we'd watch it. Look, I, I was actually surprised at how solid and compelling and interesting I found it, yeah. actually. Um, what I find interesting is how much of a detox it felt and how much it reminded me of, like, first season Game of Thrones from, mm. from, from the original series, right? And then it's back to people whispering in corridors, people plotting, people in rooms having meetings um, with the occasional glimmer of something bigger. Yes, we have dragons in this flying, but actually what I really liked about the opening episode is that the, 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 you have the, the initial prologue mm. and then you have the, the title sequence and then it begins with the... Um, uh, Rhaenyra flying into King's Landing on the back yeah. of the dragon. And what's clever is that she, the shots of her flying into King's Landing echo and mirror exactly the shots of Daenerys flying through King's Landing yes. at the end of the last series. I am going to talk about in spoilers about yeah, the ending of yeah. the previous series. You, you've had three years, guys. Um, and so, you know, her flying past King's Landing, her flying over the city from a street side point of view, all of those shots are almost mirrored to when Daenerys destroys King's Landing. Um, and it's almost like, come back now. Everything's built back to get, everything's back to mm. normal. Come on, come back to the, the fray. Um, I, I found it quite confident in its storytelling. Like I really felt that it was really, um, knew what it wanted to say and, and you know, took, took the right time to do it. I love Matt Smith. Yeah, I, love, I mean, there's something. A couple of other people who turned up in this. I was Risa fans. Yeah, uh, Risa fans plays the, the hand of the king, um, uh, which I love. And a couple of you know moments and reveals. There's one bit with Risa fans uh, uh, with his relationship with his daughter, where he says something, and I was like, oh my god, oh dear, yeah. that's dark. Um, so I was I was actually surprised at how much I was engaged with it. Yeah, yeah. What about you? It's more Game of Thrones. Okay. It's it's more Game of Thrones. I I think I had a good time with the episode and I enjoyed it. I found it pr a pretty difficult watch for plot reasons we might, we'll maybe go into later. Deliberate, deliberate. You mean like difficult in terms of like brutality? Yes, yes. In terms of like what it's doing. Like if you had any uh, if you had any questions of whether or not it's going to be violent, filled with nudity and yep. sex, you are straight back into yeah. it. So they've got you covered. Um, I think that what what made me you know I, I thought about two things when I watched this episode. One, it reminded me of how good and the potential how how good. Game of Thrones is at its mm. peak and yes. what it can be. Yes. I was like, oh, what you just said about all the whispering in corridors. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what you want. You want a Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, but it also kind of made me think that this is just one episode. And I think really evaluating whether or not a series or a whole a whole show of Game of Thrones is successful lies in many different episodes and many seasons mm. overlapping and interweaving over time. That to me is what would demonstrate whether or not this is a good show. To watch one episode and be like, oh my God, we're mm. back, it's incredible. It's like, do I think they've laid some really good foundations uh, yes. for a good game, good game of Thrones show? Yes. Yeah, but that was just one episode. Sure, it's, well, more, it's more Game of Thrones. I, I think I think they have laid some solid foundations. I I don't even want to, I don't want them to think beyond this series, really. I would almost be happy if they said this is a limited series. Oh, that would be cool. It's I, not, but that would be I cool. I know, I know, because they're going to milk that cow until it's absolutely oh, dead. Yeah. Um, 
I, 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 I can see the foundations of where this is going to go. And I'm like, oh, I see Matt Smith over here. And, you know, Paddy Constantine's over here. Yeah. And you've got Rhaenyra in the middle. Risa fans. So and Risa fans. And so they've King. established it very well. And the whole sort of jousting tournament. Mm. And brutal. Um, yeah. Uh, I... I mean, I'm I for someone who of the two of us who is the least keen to see it, yeah. I I'm open to watching more, but um, you know, it's still got to walk a very sort of tightrope walk because it can't you know skirt too quickly or move too quickly or or uh, cut corners. Otherwise, people go, oh, it's just like before. Oh, Game of, just, season just... one of Game of Thrones was a slow build. Yeah, because you were we we take for granted that we know about how the houses work and how the yeah. seasons and winters work and what mm. place magic and dragons and the supernatural mm. takes place in it. We kind of already know that, yeah. so there's less for them to establish in terms of the rules of their universe. More now, it's just about a character drama. Yeah, totally. I think it's um, which is kind of a, a burden the, off their shoulders. The first time, the first series of Game of Thrones, the original one, when I watched it, I was like, well, this, is, this is fine. It was only, it's only when you get to the very end of the series you go, oh, this that's is doing very something interesting. Cool. And it kind of launches you into the rest of it. And that might be back to this again. I, I quite like yeah. that. There was only a bit, there's a, um, uh, there is a, mm, this is a slight spoiler, so I'm going to talk around it. There's a, well, well, well should we do spoilers in a bit? Because there's some specific sure. plot elements I'd like to talk about. So let's stay spoiler free for now and then we'll, we'll give you a warning. Was there anything, any particular standouts in the episode that you thought like works or didn't work? Um, I really think the acting all round was brilliant. I thought, as we've said a few times, Matt Smith is really good mm. and I can tell he's enjoying that, that role. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think like anyone would. Um, there's some plot things which I think I think bother me. I, I think you know what I have an overall problem with. Uh, again, it's very early, but I think with what what we're doing with the portrayal of women in Game of Thrones, and I had a problem with this in the series, and I think based on what I've seen in episode one, I might have a problem with this in House of the Dragon, which is that the role of that women play in Game of Thrones is like central to its narrative and how it seems to subvert this like old medieval expectation of yeah. women being. Not not kings and queens. They are uh, to rear children and to. I think I think I think um, I can't remember the character's name, but uh, Viserys' wife says something like, "Our battlefield is not at war, but it is in the in the birthing room." Yeah, that's our battlefield, and I, and I kind of get that. And Game of Thrones, the series, went on to tell a very great long story about how a woman can go on and be as powerful yeah. and as dominant as any man has. And actually what, what usually holds women back come, becomes their strength yeah. and allows them to do incredible things. And I think that's amazing to be able to tell that story and use like patriarchal elements mm. of our own history and you yeah. mirror that in a show, which is a fantasy. I do, however, have a problem with the fact that you are also objectifying women to an enormous extent yeah. at the same time as trying to make this grander point about what role mm. women play. Yeah. I understand why they do that because that's how, that's where they get bums on seats. But there are several scenes in this episode mm. which just happen to take place in a broth in an mm. orgy in a brothel. They don't need to, mm. but I feel like you are indulging in like perving at the female form. Well, yes, uh, and, and I know you could you could loosely link that like we are setting up the fact that this is the role that women play, mm. and you had like this dichotomy, yeah. this uh, hypocrisy of men in the brothel, yeah. and then the 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 lack of power of what yeah. happens in you know when when giving birth. Yeah. But I do kind of feel like we are just treading very familiar familiar even old fashioned twenty tens territory when it comes to where, like what we are indulging in in portraying women and what like yeah. also story we're trying to tell. Well, funny because I, I I see your point and I do agree but i actually did find it more restrained than what we saw 10 years ago with the beginning game of thrones yeah. right so i agree there is female nudity in it and there is you know scenes in the broth and stuff but even with its both its violence and its nudity it features but actually it features very quickly and sp like in, in quick cuts i don't think 
I never got a sense, not that it's for me to say, but when I watched House of the Dragon first episode, that it was, I was like, fucking hell, look at the male gaze in this. Look at the real leering sensibility. I did feel I, that. I got it more in the, the previous series, but in this one, I... But then maybe I've been so desensitized by loads of Game of Thrones that I'm just so used yeah. to it now. But I, I, your, your point absolutely stands. It's, yeah. it, it's right that I, it's, it's an uncomfortable relationship. Don't me wrong, I have no problem with using nudity and sex as a tool for storytelling. It's a key part sure of... Sure you don't. It's a, of course <laughs> I don't. It's a key part of human behavior, but like it yeah. should serve specific... It should specifically serve the plot. If nudity is related to your story, like let that be a part of it. Or if sex and intimacy is what happens to characters, like let that serve the plot rather than just like we're going to have a conversation in a brothel with boobs everywhere. Mm. But it's kind of like you undermine I get it. what you're trying to do. Because at the end of the episode, there's this really interesting take. Mm. Oh, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go into it, but there's this really interesting switch of what something could happen, which is like, oh, I see. We're subverting the usual narrative of where power lies. That's mm. what's cool about Game of Thrones. I also just feel like I was perving when on you, When you said about like it's more Game of Thrones, I do see a point in that. Like, okay, what this episode was like, oh, it reminds us of, good old Game of Thrones from yeah. the beginning and it's and it's back in that territory and it's good. But after a while, what actually is it going to give us that, that's new? Essentially, yeah. the first episode, I'm getting that it's going to be people fighting, vi- vying for the throne, right? Yes. Instead of it just be, instead of it being lots of families, in this case, it's just one family. Egos, hubris, yes. battles, love. We've got that before. So it's like, but you, what is it you're going to give me that's different, that's a new idea this time? And it's one episode in, but I completely agree. I know, maybe we're yeah. overanalyzing. Let's talk yeah. spoilers now, shall we? Spoilers. So... <clears throat> I, I mentioned earlier there was, uh, there was a moment which I found particularly difficult to watch, mm. um, which, again, more Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones has given us plenty of scenes which are hard to watch, but that was the, uh, birthing, the birthing scene yeah, or the sort of um, very- the medieval uh, C-section of uh, Viserys' wife, uh, which was just really difficult. And, yeah, you know, was there was really this horrible. very obvious contrast between, you know, that quote that she said, well, our battlefield is not a war, yeah. it is in the bedsheets, between the jousting battle that was happening with uh, Damon mm. and, and all the knights and the battle that was going on yeah. there. And uh, Paddy Constantine's character essentially makes a decision to uh, choose the baby's life over his wife's life. The, the, the maester, the sort of chief doctor tells him, look, you have a choice. What we can do is if the baby's not coming out, we can do a C-section and we can get the baby out, but at the cost of the mother because we can't stop mm. the bleeding. And he makes that choice because he's had something like one daughter and like five stillbirths or yeah, like yeah, cot yeah. deaths. And it's just a really hard watch and it, it's a very uh, clear point they're trying to make that he essentially murders murders his wife mm. for, for a child but of course that child then doesn't survive either yeah and it's just a really hard watch for your first episode back yeah and uh, and, and like when you watch it you are totally obviously like it makes you see Paddy Constantine's character in a whole different light yeah. but then it's like oh is this just a favorable character all around really? uh, yes but then but now he seems to be kind of flawed and also yeah. Matt shaken by this experience and you're like oh is that is that going to be, uh, has this death just happened narratively just so to f- substantiate your character? But yeah. no, it, it is, I bet that's going to come into it more. It, it was very brutal, very uncomfortable. The bit I was said was, um, uh, which they didn't linger on, which I thought which was interesting, was with Reese Fan's daughter, remember when he's just like, oh, you need to go see the king because he's unhappy and you yeah. should wear your mum, my, my, one of your mum's dresses. And yeah. Like, oh, oh, God. It's really quite. Yeah. Um, I loved the bit where Paddy Constantine was at the end sat on the big throne. And I like the idea that it cuts him. Yes. But he, and also he had a very pointy sword. Did you, <laughs> I remember watching, looking at his sword. I was like, that sword is really pointy. Someone needs to just sand that whole seat <laughs> yeah. down and just buff I it know. out. And the, and the seat is, the throne is different to how we've seen it. it, it it's, there's more swords. It's there's more melted. easily a few hundred more swords on either side. It's like in the 172 years 
before. They've people been, have they've, just they've, lifted them. Or people have gone, you know what? Let's clear these other way because people keep tripping and like impaling themselves. I've lost my sword. Do you know what? Just take one from the throne. <laughs> really? They won't notice. No, no, There's no, millions no. of them. But I saw a, I saw a concept art uh, for what uh, George R. R. Martin originally conceived of the, the Iron Throne. And it had way more swords on it. <laughs> so they probably were like, yeah, let's just get yeah, more, more swords. There. Yeah. And maybe throughout the series, like those swords will fall away and people will take them. But um, I, I, you know what scene I really liked? I yeah. really liked when Damon in his free time would sit on the Iron Throne when no one was oh, watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know the character's name, he's played by Graham McTavish, walks in and he says, good God. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah, sees yeah. the sight of no, no, Damon. God be good. God be good. Yeah. He sees the sight of Damon sitting on the throne and like the arrogance of someone yeah. just like when no one's watching to just practice sitting and ruling. And, and also this relationship between him and Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Who seem to be actually on different sides of uh, of this sort of widening chasm yeah. between the family and might actually be very much opponents, but have this actually quite private relationship where they actually get on. They speak in their Targaryen language, I don't yeah. know what it's called, together and they, yeah. well, what is the language? I don't, I don't know. know. Illyrian? Valyrian. 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 In the city of a thousand planets. Um, yes. <laughs> with Dane de Haan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, they have that like sort of... Uh, sibling-esque I, closeness there was a moment because even in like the jousting scene which was violent brutal it never like properly lingered on it in, in like you know, i thought it was still edited quite quickly yeah there's a bit where they almost comment on how brutal it is and they cut after some guys had his face like maced in and smashed into a pl- like oblivion um he's dragged away one of like the the joust hands is just in the corner going whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah, like it's like out of focus yeah, in the corner, yeah it's just quite funny it's like yeah of course it's absolutely horrible we're back we're back with all game um, of thrones I, will you watch more? Yes. You'll watch it to the end of the season. I think I'll watch it to the end of the season and then I'll come back and talk about season one. How many episodes? I assume it's eight or ten. I hope it's just eight. Do you think? I think so. Because again, just, I, don't know. I think their, their objective for this season should be like, come back in, tell a good story and just reassure people that Game of Thrones can still deliver you a good time. Yeah. I wonder what it has to keep you going apart from the personal king drama. Because Game of Thrones always had this like tease of dragons. Well, and okay. I really liked the first series of Game of Thrones. Like the supernatural element was really played down. Yeah. There weren't, you didn't really see White Walkers I, for a while. Yeah, I th- and there was this whole thing like, White Walkers, don't be silly. Those are just things told by by maidens to scare children to bed. There's that, no such Obi-Wan thing. That was Tyrion Lannister. But <laughs> <laughs> I think There's no that- such thing. I think um, it's all about the dragons and how they can't control them. Actually, mm. I think there's this thing. You know, he says in the episode, we we we've we've tapped to the power that we don't really know and we don't understand. We should never have tamed dragons. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a big scene about a dragon flying down and and the the, the dragon hands like getting the dragon to go into its cave, its shelter. And I think that's going to come into about their relationship and how they can control that. It's not just the Targaryens that need to be brought to account. Mm. I think that about getting groceries delivered in 15 minutes. It's like, we shouldn't have that power. We shouldn't. It's no, too no, no. quick. I know. The hubris. I think one day we'll look back on society and be like, what? You could just get groceries in 12 minutes. Well, of, course, of course we're about to have an than. apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Or a, a nine minute Amazon drone delivery. Yeah. That's just not, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Quite a strange comparison. Anyway, strange comparison. if you've seen House of Dragon yes. and you have some thoughts, let us know. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can send us an email at hello to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Um, if you send us an email, maybe I'll update thoughts with episodes as they're coming along, but yeah. I reckon I will aim to watch the show and then by episode eight or 10, whenever it's done, we'll do sort of another another chat. Mm. But yeah, let's keep watching. Let's see where this goes. You know what? It's so early and I feel like we've overanalyzed a lot. Sure. And we're seeing both being very 
we praised it and we've been quite critical. But I was, on the whole, I was interested in how into it I was compared to how uninterested I was in watching it. You could have been bored and you weren't. I was not. No. Let's see how it goes.